listeners, this is the Big Z Podcast. It's September 11th, and we got Barney here. Barney, I owe you a, a, a six-pack. You, you got me last week on the lines pretty bad. Yeah, you know, I uh, it really hurt me a lot because I threw it in my picks there, uh, <laughs> my, my Barney and Friends picks. But, you know, I can only... Every pick I make is a winner, but it just comes out to execution, and unfortunately, I am no no part of that. So, oh man, um, yeah, I was I was zero for four, I think, on mine last week. So, uh, that's not good. I'm I'm not sure what's worse, my picks or Gambus uh, Winston's interceptions that he <laughs> likes to throw to the other team. He does find the open uh, guy in the field; just always happens to be the wrong uh, wrong team. Funny Incredible. And to top that off, I had Sammy Watkins on my bench for fantasy. Ooh. <laughs> wow, that's a that's 198 a yards and three touchdowns for him this week. Rough. But you know what else is rough is um, your Chicago Bears. Rough I mean, game. Uh, we're going to start this podcast by going over a few notable games from the week. And we're going to go, I guess it was notable because it was so incredibly boring. <laughs> At least from an outsider perspective, uh, as not a fan of the Bears or the Packers. I was actually hoping for a tie, and then my, my team got a tie, which we'll get to in a little bit. But, yeah, Bears-Packers, 10-3, to Packers win uh, at Soldier Field. Uh, it's, a, it's a rough one for you. Yeah, it was a beautiful segue there. Uh, <laughs> you know, we laud Nagy for being this offensive guru, play-calling guy, but, you know, I'll chalk it up as maybe it was just I don't know what he was doing. Um, first game jitters type stuff. I'm I'm just I'm trying to pull into my pockets any any excuse I can. But anytime you have sixty plays and forty five of them are passing, you know you you'd only assume that you were down, you know, twenty eight at the end of the first. Yeah, so, right. <clears throat> you know we had we had fifteen rushes, which I thought was just uh, bizarre criminal because you know it wasn't like Montgomery you know, uh, went off or anything like that. But he had a few plays where, you know, he should have been taken down for for a loss. And he made two guys, three guys miss and ended up getting four or five yards. And I think his stat line was uh, was only about 11 yards uh, or 18 yards. Yeah, six carries for 18 yards. Not good for my fantasy team. Uh, yeah. I, he was so hyped up in the preseason. And then they use him six times. Mike Davis uh, got the ball more in this game. And going forward, I totally think Montgomery is going to uh, get his touches and start, you know, uh, paying dividends for the, the fantasy owners. But, you know, it's just you, you got 45 plays or 45 passing plays and, you know, 15 running plays. It's just a recipe for disaster. Um, but one guy that did look good, uh, Robinson. Yeah, he looked really good in yeah. this game. He's he went seven for one hundred and two. Yep. Uh, he seemed like to be the only guy who had a, who had hands on the end of his arms. Uh, Targeted thirteen times. Another interesting wrinkle in this game was the three cone is pretty much like a slot receiver in this game, which is an interest. I'm not sure yeah. if that's what you want out of. Is that what you like to see as a Bears fan? Well, zero carries. Um, I think they're kind of trying to use him from a. Uh, you know, Tyreek Hill kind of uh, mode where, you know, just a shifty, real quick, agile, uh, real um, slant out, short routes uh, type receiver. I mean, from the initial showing, I didn't love it. <laughs> but I, you know, here here's my biggest problem. The Packers were in dime defense. You know, they had six DBs. How aren't you running the ball? <laughs> you know, how aren't you just dictating uh, the tempo there? But, I mean, 
uh, we honest, got the great Mitch Trubisky quarterback, right? Exactly. You know, he's, yeah. he's one of the best hander offers there is, man. Oh, I mean, uh, but honestly, I am know. not a Trubisky fan. I think I've let that be known. But just in case it isn't, uh, yeah, big anti Trubisky. I, I think he's terrible. Yeah, I mean, uh, Nagy, I, I hold uh, a lot of the blame for. Um, o line was atrocious. They, if they didn't hold anybody, they didn't block them. So, uh, you know, I, I, I don't want to give Trubisky any excuses on, or scapegoats uh, on why he did bad. He missed, he, you know, he had some errant throws uh, when we really needed it, but um, you know, he he didn't really get any help. Um, <clears throat> but you know, not to harp on my guys. 100% because the other 50% of the game was pretty flawless. I mean, that defense... Oh, the defense looked good. The defense looked good. Aaron Rodgers, 18 of 30 in this game for 200 yards. It also sacked five times. Both quarterbacks sacked five times in this game. But it, it, what, do you, what do you think about the criticism that the Bears didn't play their starters in the preseason at all, and that's why they look rusty? <sighs> I don't know. I think that's just an excuse. I mean, honestly, it's this is your profession, you know. Like, how are yeah, you exactly. ready? Like, I don't get. I exactly. I don't. You know, I, I totally get why you don't want to keep them out there because there's injuries like Lamar Miller that happen, and then all of a sudden, you know, you're out a guy. Uh, but you know, you got guys like Kyle Long who's supposed to be leaders on the offense, and they're taking two, three fucking holding penalties, you know. And yeah, not, they're killing drives. We had a first for forty on the one drive. Oh, that, that we was were great. Actually, <laughs> driving down the field. So. <laughs> Uh, that was just a storyline of that offense. Um, it was just that might be the only first and forty of this season. So congratulations. If I had to put down, if there's a prop bet out there that says if there's any <laughs> going to be any one and four or first and forties, everybody should hammer that one. <laughs> um, so I mean, a guy that stood out to me in this game, uh, Roy Robertson Harris. Never heard of this guy before. Yeah. He's I, he's somebody that uh, I've been excited about for a while now. Um, yeah, third season out of UTEP. Out of UTEP. He's, Are we going to see more of him uh, in in the future? Oh, absolutely. We we just cut uh, before the season started. We cut our our third round draft pick from I think two years ago, Jonathan Bullard, ah. because uh, Roy Robertson Harris uh, has uh, has stepped in his shoes. I mean, there was a clip of him when you know, like when you when you had the draft. And you yep. guys pick somebody, yeah, yeah. and they do like a real quick, hey, this is the guy that you guys just picked, and it's a quick montage of you know on Twitter. Yep. Uh, There's this play where he was on, you know, he's a defensive end, and he's uh, on the uh, five yard line, and they do a sweep to the opposite side, and he runs like seventy yards on a pursuit angle and catches the running back. I mean, this is a massive human being just flying down the field, and right from there, I was like. All right. Um, you know, I'm not sure if we got something here, but this guy is a freak nonetheless. <laughs> so, you know, Roy Robertson Harris, he's uh he's somebody that I'm excited about for the future. And just one more thing I wanted to bring up about this game was the interception by Amos, which was kind of sweet poetic justice in some regard. Uh just a nice tie into that game and I like uh the quote after the game where they said they just wanted to make Mitch Trubisky play quarterback. <laughs> A.K. get him in the pocket and make him actually throw the ball instead of using his legs. Six DBs, man. When you have six <laughs> DBs out there and you throw in a triple coverage, uh, you know, on four down territory, I, I just yeah. There was one play. Oh, I know this was on uh, this was on the Packers when they were on offense and they threw the ball to Devontae Adams out of bounds, and Devontae Adams was triple covered at one point. I thought that was just a 
Kind of funny. He was like sitting there pointing at him. I don't know if you saw that clip or not. Yeah, no, that was that was design triple coverage because that guy's a warranted really good oh, yeah. receiver. But ours was more of a, you know, um, Trubisky doesn't take his eyes off Allen Robinson, <laughs> and that's why uh, that's why Amos, you know, shadowed over there and ended up with the pick. Yeah, Robinson was targeted thirteen times and Trico and ten times in this game, and I'm kind of scared about Montgomery did have a twenty-seven yard catch in this game though. Yeah, yeah, no, I I really like Montgomery. I think he adds to our offense. I think uh, we need to stop being cute. You know, it was a hundred hundred anniversary, right? Uh, and the first play, they came out with the T formation, and <laughs> what do they do? They they fumbled a, uh, a pitch. <laughs> um, you know, it's clean it up, get out there and start winning ball games. Quit quit trying to be too cute. You know, <laughs> do you, do you like uh, them going forward here in the in the going to Denver? Because Denver still got a good defense, even if maybe that didn't prove to be the case on Monday night. Yeah, I mean, Big if, Fangio knows the team really well. Obviously, if there's one guy that knows how to get to Mitch and knows his flaws, it's Fangio. You yeah, know, right. he spent the last couple of years yep. with him. So uh, I don't think it's going to be a blowout at all um, or anything like that. I, I think the Bears are a far better team, um, but you know, if it comes to the defense uh, with the Bears. Holding Aaron Rodgers to 10 points, you know, and he's a Hall of Fame quarterback with a completely off, uh, healthy offense. I'm pretty sure we'll be able to do just that versus Joe Flacco. <laughs> and maybe we won't lose a game where we only give up 10 points. <laughs> um, so another game that I wanted to bring up, and it, this involved my team, uh, 27 to 27 tie. Just heartbreaking. The Lions were up 18 points going into the fourth quarter. And they um, did what a lot of people call is uh, just do what the Lions do. I hate saying that. Uh, I, I don't like saying like A lot of people like to say same old Lions. I, I avoid saying that at all costs personally. But, I mean, it, it was another chapter in a, in a long line of uh, things that seem to happen when the Lions are in need for him. Like Trey Flowers, their new free agent. Never had a face mask penalty in his life. Gets one in his first game with the Lions. Danny Amendola... 10-year veteran, maybe maybe more. It's, it's at least double digits. Uh, could have gone out of bounds at the end of the game to save the line some time, stayed inbounds. Just little things like that mm-hmm. always seem to creep, creep up. Um, but the Lions end up tying against a rookie quarterback. Second year in a row uh, in a season opener when they played a rookie, and they did not beat that rookie. So, I mean, Kyler Murray looked hor- – did you watch this game? Absolutely. Kyler Murray looked terrible for three quarters, like abysmal. I think he had 90 yards, and then he ended up with over 300 yards by the end of this game. Uh, I mean, I I hate ties, first of all. I feel like this was a loss for the Lions in a lot of guards. They still remain undefeated and ahead of your Bears, by the way. Just want to point that out. Thank you. (laughs) Um, But they also don't have a win in the win column. Uh, It's just a weird... Do, do you do you want to see the NFL go to a college overtime? That's oh, what everybody the asked college for. overtime is the greatest overtime in all of sports. Oh my god! I feel like it would be less plays on a normal overtime on average too. Like I think their concern is that the game keeps going and going and going. But I mean, maybe maybe just put it inside the ten. Just have them go from the ten, not not the twenty five necessarily. Or just don't give up eighteen in the last quarter. I don't know. Well, yeah, yeah. It really hurt my pocketbook, man. Uh, but <laughs> I'm gonna send an invoice to uh, to 
Patricia. Stafford. Uh, yeah. I think you owe it more to Patricia for calling a timeout in this game uh, when the Lions had a wide open receiver. Oh, oh man. Patricia is getting a lot of heat this week as well. I'm, I'm still a, a big believer in him. But <laughs> the na- national media is uh, on his f- ass for sure. Yeah, they're having a field day with him. Oh, boy. Uh, the Lions. But the there's one. There's two guys I want to bring up. Stafford looked incredible in this game. Uh, 385 yards and three touchdowns. And another guy, if you haven't heard about him, listeners, uh, you're going to. His name's TJ Hawkinson. A lot of people compared him to Gronk coming out of the draft. He had 131 yards and a touchdown. And uh, that was a rookie record for a tight end in his debut. Uh, since 1960, that record has stood. So not a bad debut for your first-round draft pick. No, and... Uh- you know, there's a lot of good tight end prospects that keep coming out, you know, most notably in the past, O.J. Howard, you know, these guys. Mm-hmm. But no matter what, you know, they don't have successful rookie campaigns, and that was a very good start to one. Oh, yeah. The, I mean, apparently he's just looked incredible in training camp and everything, and we finally got to see that. Uh, he, he also sprung some blocks for them as well in this game. He was the top-rated tight end blocker uh, by Pro Football Focus this week in addition to him getting 131 yards and a touchdown. So I mean, he's definitely the real deal. I'm, I'm excited to see what he does going forward. But yeah. if you don't have him or Matt Stafford on your fantasy team, pick him up immediately. Yeah, and I think TJ is going to be, you know, really helpful inside that red zone for you guys. Um, you know, he's just a big target, and he knows how to run routes and box out people. You know, this is, this is going to be a guy that, you know, a talented Matt Stafford is going to be able to hit in oh. a high point. Oh, absolutely. It's crazy, Iowa with two first round tight ends in the draft this year. Uh, I think no, I think Noah Font, who plays on the Broncos, had about four catches for sixty yards. So both of them actually had pretty good debuts. Uh, also of note, Eric Ebron, the former Lions first round tight end, in his rookie year only had two hundred eighty four yards in his rookie season, and Hawkinson Ernie has one hundred thirty one. So. Lions, Lions fans at least were really happy about this debut. It was like the anti-Ebron in every way. Let me ask you then, you know, just piggybacking off Ebron's slow start in Detroit. Yeah. Were you happy mm. or mad that they initially took Hawkinson at uh, top in a top 10 pick? So this year, I, I we all felt it coming. All the projections and all the rumors had them taking him. Ed Oliver was... Uh, available there when a lot of people weren't expecting it. And I really thought we were going to go with him. And I'm a, I'm a D lineman first. I love the D line first. So at the time, I was a little bit upset, but I understood the pick because our, our tight ends, the Lions tight ends were horrendous last year, like rated worse in the league. And now they've completely revamped it. And <laughs> so at the time, I was like, okay. But now I'm like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so the, the, those are two notable games. Now our third notable game. And we're going to try to point out three or four games. But this one was incredible. And it capped off the first week of the NFL. Great. I know we talked about the extremely boring Green Bay uh, Bears game. <laughs> um, but it was a complete opposite for Saints and uh, the Houston Texans. Yeah, this was this was the heavyweight matchup you sell all the tickets for. Uh, oh yeah, you know, but but the best thing about this game was it was exactly who 
you thought from each team was going to come out and play. You know, on one side yep. you got Drew Brees, Alvin Kamara, Mike Thomas. They all had terrific games. And then on the other side, you got Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, those guys uh, put on a show. Uh, it almost looked like sometimes they were the only guys out there because they just kept making play after play. And, uh, you know, two lead changes in the final 37 seconds. Crazy, man. It's, that was It was a lot of fun to watch. And, and again, at the mercy of my Bears. It was a great way to cap off an otherwise kind of, kind of drud, uh, you know, first week. I mean, how about it? So the Saints won this game thirty to twenty eight on a fifty six yard field goal by Will Lutz. I mean, he nailed that thing. He hit the back of the net. It, it, it could have been good from sixty five, probably. Um, but yeah, this this was just insane. I had the I had the over in this game actually, so I was really happy with how the second half of this game went. Um, there was twenty seven. Uh, 34, 41 points scored in the second half of this game, and it was bonkers. The, the way they came down so quickly. Uh, so a good debut by the Houston new offensive coordinator, and the Saints just keep doing what they do. They're, they're like clockwork. The way, it's just amazing how they've run the same offense for so many years, and it's still unguardable in so many ways. Boiler up, man. I mean, Drew Brees, <laughs> is, it, it's, it's amazing what he's doing year in and year out. And it's a, it's really fun to watch Elvin Kamara out there. He has just incredible balance. That, I mean, he's got speed and like the lateral agility, but then he just like can explode through a hole. It's it's really exciting to watch him uh, play out there. And I, another guy I really like is Taysom Hill. That guy's just fun to watch. He's all over the field. He's a baller. <laughs> uh, if you don't know who Taysom Hill is, he plays quarterback. He plays. He had a touchdown catch in this game. He didn't attempt to pass, but he played quarterback a few times and had two rushes. But man, he's all over the place. And Deshaun Watson. So let me bring it up. Deshaun Watson. Patrick Mahomes, two of the you know top ten quarterbacks in this league, passed up by Chicago Bears for Mitch Trubisky. Can you? I I am so happy as a Lions fan that the Bears do not have one of these two quarterbacks right now. No comment. <laughs> I will say. I mean, I, oh, I mean, at the time it was like, what are you doing? Because I think what Mitch Trubisky had one season, right? One season. One college season. That was it. Deshaun Watson just won the national championship. But Patrick, Patrick well, well, Holmes, he, I understand he was playing at Texas Tech, and they they, they didn't play a bunch of good defenses, but it's it's you can a tell the guy had an arm. It's a head scratcher when uh, the third team All ACC quarterback is picked over the first team All ACC quarterback <laughs> and national champion. I mean, I get it. Uh, I I do get the 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 decision to choose him over Watson, though. If you're an injury concerned guy. Uh, I mean, that's that's the only way I can see justifying that sort of um, uh, pick. But, you know, maybe I, I truthfully, I think it all came down to I don't know if you know about this, uh, the the famous dinner that they had down in uh, Chapel Hill. No, I, I tell me about it a little bit. Uh, man, so I think uh, the reason why we picked him is, you know, Obviously, he had good stats on that one year. You know, he was there was there was a stat that he I think led the league in um, er, led all of college football in completion percentage when uh, you know when hurried or when your pockets disrupted. So it was something of a you know a positive to when you get into the NFL, he can handle the pressure. But anyway, the story goes they went down to go check him out. Uh, at Chapel Hill, they said, "Hey, uh, let's have a let's grab a dinner," but you know we don't want other GMs and everybody to know that we're really looking at you. So you know, try to give some discretion. Yeah. So he put uh, 
he put the reservation under Jim McMahon. And so mm-hmm. for that reason, they went in there. I'm sure he's a very charismatic you know, guy. I've never met Mitch, but uh, he had good stats that year. I think they were just really blown he away. He likes kissing by, titties, right? He, he's got something we all <laughs> us men have in common. <laughs> but, yeah, well, I mean, I think. Just for uh, reference, listeners, this is some, that is something that he uh, tweeted in his college days. Uh, what was it? What was it even his college? I think it was his high school was days. Was it high school days? <laughs> I don't know. I think it was his days in Mentor, Ohio. Just uh, I think it, the tweet was, I love kissing titties, I think was the tweet. I think it was so, right at their prom we're, night, we're just, too. I'm just quoting him here. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, I, I just can't imagine if the Bears had, if they had a Patrick Mahomes or Deshaun Watson, uh, how good that good that team could be yeah it's yeah. insane to, th- it's, to think about and i'm glad i don't have to think about it <laughs> too long uh so th- those are our three big games bears packers lions cardinals saints and houston uh the texans now we're gonna move on to something uh our five big takeaways just quick little uh one-liners just uh from week one just our quick little takeaways from week one and the first one is the pats just dominating the steelers and how they're only going to get better, potentially, with Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown, it just came out, has a sexual assault, allegations against him. The Pats always find their way into these things, and so does Antonio Brown. So in that way, they kind of are meant for each other. Uh, but man, the Pats look so, so good, and they're only going to get better if he remains on the field. Yeah, uh, that that's another team, just like the Saints, that it's just like, how how year in and year out are these guys just dominating everybody, you know? Um, but, you know, not to not to pat those guys on the back. We've been doing that for the past 15 years. Uh, let's let's circle back with the whole A-B thing, you know? Uh, first off, I'm sure people have listened to Greeny, and I'm sure everybody's listened to everybody about the, the situation, but you cannot... You, I, I just, I, I hate AB. I liked him up until this point. I don't know how you even liked him up to this point. I, I know you said he. I, I think just thought think he was a baller. Yeah. I thought he was a baller out of Central Mish. And when you come from a smaller school, I just got mad respect for you. And you know, back, you know, when he was in Pittsburgh and he was going on the air and you know being vocal and you know outing his quarterback for not passing the ball on the games that they lost. Uh, you know, I, I understood it from a, a competitor standpoint, but I didn't agree with it. You know, from a teammate standpoint, I, I totally get that. Sometimes you let the tiger out of the cage. He's a guy that often lets the tiger out of the cage. <laughs> yeah, but right. um, <laughs> at the end of the day, you know, I just you got to be a man of your word. You know, this is this, it. I'm all about, you know, securing that bag and, and getting paid and, you know, looking out for yourself. But but the second you go against your word, I really don't like it. You know, it wasn't his choice to be traded to Oakland. I totally get that. You know, but pe- the Patriots tried trading for him. They got the best package together and gave yep. it to the Steelers. And the Steelers said, no, I'm not giving it to my rival. Yeah, right? exactly. So the one shipped, team they can't beat. They shipped him off to uh, to Oakland. Oakland uh, gave a package of picks, third round and fifth round for him. And then, you know, aside from that, aside from giving them their assets, they said, hey, this, however many years you have left on your deal, I think it's like five years, six years, you aren't the, the highest paid wide receiver anymore. 
we're going to extend you to the point where now you're the highest paid wide receiver. I mean, they did everything they they could do to yeah, make I, sure I that agree. he was happy and he can come on in. And you except know, you got to show up to practice. Well, yeah, <laughs> and then and then he signs that line, and you know, like I I up until that point when he signed that contract, up until that point, I I thought. You know, like, yeah, you know, you could do whatever you want. But once you sign that sign that dotted line and you give the team your word and then you pull this shit, he he was doing every single thing to try to get to get uh, released. I mean, he he was trying yeah, to be and, there, and the word was that he was looking to social media like uh, experts to find out ways to get released through social media. And And when guys, you know, like the Patriots take flyers on guys like Josh Gordon, you know that especially if they're about to give up draft capital for AB, they're definitely going to try to sign him for a couple million yeah. once he's released. So, you know, I just, I, I just kind of think it's bullshit. And, uh, or 15 you know, million. <laughs> well, yeah, but, I mean, it's chump change for the best wide receiver in the game. Yeah. And then uh, I think a $20 million uh, club option as well for next for year. For next year, yeah. Um, but, yeah, and it's just insane. Did you see the email that apparently he sent to the accuser? Yeah, I couldn't understand it. I couldn't read exactly. it. Exactly. I, I, there was a part of me, a sliver of me, that thought maybe AB's smart. He's playing this. You know, he's got everybody. I just think he's an idiot now. I, I, I mean, I kind of already thought that, but now I'm 100% all in on thinking he's just a moron. But he can be both. That's, smart that's and a moron? No, 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 no. I mean, he he knew how to get... I, I'm, I'm, he is definitely a moron. You know, that email, I mean, I mean, get, get past the grammatical, you know... Errors that that he had, but uh, you know, to 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 think that that was a good idea to to send, um, let alone the actual allegation that's at hand. Yeah. But I, I mean, he's clearly a moron. But at the same time, I still think he was, you know, uh, in the driver's seat over at Oakland. You know, with the whole cryotherapy without his shoes on, and uh, then when he does come back, he. Uh, he argues about the helmet, you know, I just, I mean, he, he knew what he was doing the whole time and, uh, pisses me off. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, the AB thing's been talked a lot in so many circles, uh, so I don't want to, uh, stay on it too much. So the second big takeaway for me is that, so the, there's two cases. Dak Prescott made a good case to get paid really well. He had mm-hmm. a, an amazing game. Yep. And then we saw the flip side in San Diego where holding out is not a good idea for Melvin Gordon because Austin Eckler had three touchdowns in this game, and they did not miss him at all on the field. I mean, are you are you a fa- are you for a player holding out like Melvin Gordon is no. doing? No, <laughs> I, again, like he's just he's losing money. They offered him ten million a year. It's not a bad contract. I mean, and now I wouldn't even offer him that. I'd say, oh, uh, we've reduced our offer to nine million now, or eight. Le'Veon Bell proved that it wasn't worth it. You know, like, I mean, he lost money last year. He's not the highest paid running back this year. You know, like, he did get a good contract. He though. got a good contract. Way better than I thought he was going to get, actually. Oh, I mean, hit him, him hitting the open market after a season, he would have, I, I think he would have gotten more, you know, had he had a healthy season. I think he would have had more if and he, actually you know, looked, he just didn't he act actually like a jackass. Pretty, he actually looked pretty good, too. Uh, he looked really with good. The Jets. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but, but again, it's kind of furthers my point. I think I touched on it last week. Melvin Gordon, you're, the offense is not built around you. Like that's why guys like Austin Eckler are gonna have games like this. Do I think he's gonna have games like this all season? Absolutely not. I was pretty shocked that he had it versus the Colts. I thought the Colts uh, would, 
you know, with their linebacking crew. I thought they would kind of, you know, keep a keep a lid on it and not have him go off as crazy as he did. But I mean, he was the game changer in the in, in that game. Yep. Uh, and then uh, kudos to Kellen Moore in his debut. He's you know early thirties and he he looked like a, a mad genius out there against the Giants in Week One. So kudos to him. I think that I think the Bron- uh, Cowboys are going to be someone that's going to be really difficult to deal with, especially if they get that offense rolling. Yeah, not just this year, but moving forward too. Yep. Uh, my third note, and this is kind of a stat uh, along with the Eagles Redskins game. So th- this was the biggest spread of the week. Uh, Eagles were 10-point favorites uh, going into Sunday. So since 1996, I believe, or 92. Anyways, the last 36 years, in week one, the biggest um, spread. So the favorites are 12-24 and 24 against the spread uh, in that time, in week one. So the biggest favorite in week one is... Is twelve and twenty four against the spread. So if I, I wish I knew this stat. I found it out after the games had started. I wish I knew that because then I would have bet a lot more on the Redskins. Um. Yeah, that was an interesting game. Yeah, and uh, I mean they. It was a great backdoor cover and by them actually uh, <laughs> in this game, scoring with twelve uh, six seconds left from the five yard line. So I'm, I'm sure that made a lot of people happy or upset uh, in Vegas. But that was just uh, my third note. Did you have another uh, takeaway for this week as well? Uh, not to you know revisit it, but the Chiefs are absolutely dominant uh, on offense. They had oh my God. they had three and a half quarters without Tyreek Hill, who is probably the hardest guy to cover in all of the NFL. I, and I was all over the Jaguars in our NFL preview. And uh, you thinking boy. about rethinking <laughs> that to go to the Texans again or what? I mean, I. No, actually, the Ravens is who I wanted, to, and that—that's kind of my fifth takeaway to go into that. They won fifty-nine to ten against the Dolphins this week, and just absolutely dominating every facet. And I love their offense. I love the way it looked with Lamar Jackson. Five touchdown passes. Granted, it's against the Dolphins, possibly not possibly the worst team in the league by a wide margin. By a wide Players margin. are already asking to be traded. I think half the roster is like asking to be it's traded, but they can't because Kenny you know Jake. they're under contract and they got to play these games. Yeah, I mean, if there's this is a really unique. I've never seen a team quite as blatantly try to tank as the Dolphins are doing right now. I'm all for it. You kind of like the 76ers are doing uh, for the five years straight. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the Dolphins seem to be setting themselves up for a very similar type of uh, direction with their franchise. Yeah. I don't, but uh, it's hard to do that because you're playing such a violent sport. And you're putting the guys out there that are just unmotivated. Well, the packages they got from Houston, I mean, they got first-round picks coming up. So this. Is I mean, that was a great trade from Miami's standpoint in terms of future. Lock up uh, that capital. number one pick. I don't. I don't know if two is a first overall pick, by the way. Maybe he's not. But but I mean, you you got the number one pick, and then you know if you go with Tua, if you don't, or if you go with another uh, uh, quarterback, I get it, but. You know that second one, that second pick that you got—that's oh, yeah. that's your starting left tackle moving forward. I, I mean, that better be. And a uh, killer also in that Chiefs Jaguars game. Uh, Nick Foles threw a really nice touchdown pass, but he paid the price for it, breaking his uh, clavicle, and he'll be out for a long time. But a, a fit, one of my favorite college quarterbacks in recent years, Gardner Minshew. <laughs> He's the man, isn't he? Oh my God! What a great rookie debut, too, coming off the bench. As a six-round draft pick, 22 of 25, 275 yards, two touchdowns, and one pick. A 122.5 rating. 
look better than Mitch Trubisky. Oh, I know. I'm just gonna keep ripping down that uh, one. Enjoy it. Enjoy <laughs> I just keep bringing it back. Uh, but man, he he looked really good. So maybe maybe the Jaguars still have some well, hope but, after but, all. I mean, as much as I do love Uncle Rico, uh, let, let's <laughs> let's let's dial it. Oh, down he's got a, a great bit. stash. Uh, Phenomenal he, stash. I mean, but let's look at Kansas City D is not that good to begin with. They got they got a few players. They got Frank Clark. I, I get it. They got some guys, but On defense, at that you're point, talking about. yeah, did I say? Did I say offense? No, no, you're you're just talking about Kansas City. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, but at that point uh, in the game, and you know, moving forward, Sammy Watkins, I'm pretty sure already had 200 plus yards. Uh, there was already three or four scores on that that in the uh, in the Chiefs tally. But um, when it came to when Gardner came on in, like I mean, those DBs were playing like eight yards off the ball. So. He had a lot of, I mean, his stats were great. I wish him the best. I think he's the man. I'm totally down to root for him for the rest of the season. But, uh, you know, just that was that was a pretty, there was some pretty good cushing going on during those games. Yep. Uh, so those are our five big takeaways from uh, this week, in addition to the big games that we mentioned earlier. But now it's time to look towards next week. And we're going to look at some of the games next week that uh, really interest us. On Thursday night is Buccaneers and Panthers. The Panthers are six and a half point favorites in this game. Um, man, Cam Newton didn't look great either against the Rams, by the way. No, but no. Christian McCaffrey looks incredible. And, and you know what, Cam Cam Newton doesn't have to look great to win games. I mean, Christian McCaffrey, whether you're handing the ball off to him, dumping it off, or having him go for short routes, like that guy is. He, he's going to tire up by the end of the season. They keep using the way they he use is them. a monster. I mean, the, people were saying that, you know, when he was coming into the league, that he's not going to be a in-between-the-tackles type runner. And, you know, that for the first two years, maybe you're you're absolutely right. But he's got some absolute meat on his bone. And he's, I mean, he's got great balance, just like you were saying with uh, Kamara. Um, Unbelievable. I, 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 I totally believe in uh, in, in our uh, white lightning. Nine <laughs> 19 carries, 128 yards, two touchdowns, 10 catches, 81 yards in the first game of the season against the Rams, who are who do not have a bad defense by any means. What's that, like 60% of the plays went to him? <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, just incredible the way the offense re- revolves around him now. Cam Newton coming off soldier surgery. Uh, I mean, who do you like in this game, Buccaneers or Panthers? Panthers. Uh, even with the six. Yeah. Jameis Winston, I, just unbelievable. Yeah. It, I, I mean, nothing could change no matter what coach you give him. Lovey Smith, who's not a good offense coach by any means, but then Dirk Cutter, and now uh, Bruce Arians is supposed to come in there and help ease the turnovers, and it's the same story, same story, yeah. unbelievable. If I were to if I were to bet on this one, I would take Panthers. Yeah, I, I mean the Thursday night at home too. You got to like those home teams. Uh, then the next three games. Uh, so here are the noon games: Chargers, Lions at Lions. Lions are two and a half point underdogs. 49ers at Bengals. The Bengals are two-point favorites. The Vikings are at Green Bay. Green Bay is a three-point favorite. So, again, that home three. Usually a home uh, team gets three points on the spread, generally. Colts at Titans. Patriots at Dolphins. Bills at Giants. Seahawks at Steelers. Cowboys at Redskins. Cardinals at Ravens. Jaguars at Texans. Holy cow. I I love this time of year when there's no buys and there's so many games going on. It's great. Uh, are there any games that stick out to you next week amongst that lot of games? Definitely Vikings Packers as far, uh, you know, as entertainment value goes. And I really like the Vikings. They look really good in week one. 
Oh, Kirk Cousins only threw the ball 10 times for I, 90 yards, and they smoked the Falcons. I, I smoked them. I totally agree. They looked fantastic, but, uh, you know, that's Because you're not high in the Vikings, right? No, no. I, I think that game, um, it's just like the data there. I, when, all right, so the Vikings are, are going to be good. I'm not saying they're going to be bad. I think they're going to be in the in the contention to take the North. Absolutely. But when it comes down to it, when they're facing the top six teams, they are not going to run the ball all over teams to where Kirk Cousins only passes 10 times. Mm-hmm. And that is why when they face the top echelon of the of the league, that's why the, the Vikings, I think, are going to falter. So this one is for the early first place, Vikings and Packers. Who do you like in this game then? Do you uh, like the Packers? Like, yeah, absolutely. I like the Packers. Man, I, I mean, the Packers' offense didn't impress me at all, and they're going against a really good Vikings defense. That's why I think I like the Vikings, actually, in this game. That's well, because the Hall of Famer had to face the best defense in uh, the league. I mean, that, that was they, they swallowed him up. But uh, Kenny Clark, I think he's incredible. Um, I was really mad when they grabbed him from UCLA. Uh, a couple years back with like a 27th pick in the draft or something like that. Uh, the Packers, I think they got some run stuffers. Um, I, I I don't think the Vikings are going to be able to run all over them. And then when you ha- when you pair that up with uh, guys like Jair Alexander, I think he's one of the better young corners in the league. Um, Kirk Cousins is not... Bay, right? Yeah, Kirk Cousins is just not going to be able to uh, facilitate the game like and sit back and just kind of let Dalvin Cook, you know, take the take the reins like he did uh versus versus Atlanta yeah. and that was the perfect play call you know like i mean when you're up like that they start off the game with a Anthony Barr sack and then they they blocked a punt and then they threw yeah, a pass a touchdown to to Thielen and then from there on it was just you know uh getting a hold of the trenches and and rushing up the middle and and Falcons couldn't stop it yeah the, i mean that Falcons offense is really good and the fact that the Vikings pretty much shut them down for the entire game um, I think says something about that defense, and it scares me a little bit as a Lions fan uh, to see them in the future. The the I, and Mike Zimmer did exactly what he wanted to do. He hired a new offensive coordinator, Kevin Stefanski, um, to pound the rock, pound the rock, pound the rock, and that's what they did. Dalvin Cook makes a big difference for that team. The problem for him is that he's not been healthy for the last two years. He's got to stay on the field. If he stays unhealthy, that they are a way better team, way better team. Absolutely. Um, another team that impressed. Uh, last week, uh, Colts, the the Colts didn't look bad. You know, Jacoby Brissett only threw four completions the entire game, and they, I think, Marlon Mack averaged like seven yards a carry. So, I, yeah, I, and even though they lost, I I think uh, they're a force to be reckoned with. Um, uh, you know, I think the catch of the year so far is Malik Hooker. Uh, on oh, that, what a, what on a, that one-handed what a snag in the end zone. That yeah, was, man. I mean, that was. That that's exactly what he was advertised for, though coming out of Ohio State, he was going to be the ball hawking free safety that can make plays like that. And you know, when you're inside uh, your end zone and you're and you're taking a one hander away from uh, the man who's birthed what nine children, <laughs> you know, it's uh, that's exactly what Crazy. they they picked him for. Um, so some of the bigger spreads this week, the three biggest um, are the ones I mentioned. Texans are nine-point favorites at home against the Jaguars. Ravens, 13.5 against the Cardinals. And the New England Patriots are 18-point favorites on the road at uh, Miami. Do you like any of those underdogs to cover in this this week? Uh, you know, I'd probably say my favorite underdog is... Uh... I think it's I like Miami. The, I, I really, mean, yeah. I mean, it's it's New England has struggled down there. Bill Last Belichick, year was great. Last year's ending was great when they were down there with the 
bunch of hook and ladders and then Gronk being the last line right? of defense and whiffing terribly. I mean, he that's his kryptonite down there, the South Beach. I don't know if he's staying out too late the night before <laughs> or if probably, uh, Robert Kraft. Probably. I know Robert Kraft did. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, I'm, 18 points is... I mean, just a ton for any NFL team whatsoever. Brian Flores is very familiar with the Patriots uh, being the coach now. Uh, Brian, uh, Bill Belichick actually has struggled a little bit against his uh, former coaches, Mike Rabel, uh, Patricia last year. Eric Mangini had some success against him as well. So I I, I don't think it's a bad bet by any means. I bet the Patriots still going to be heavily bet. Uh, yeah, I'm, um, I'm not touching them, the Dolphins, <laughs> but I but if I were to throw money on it, yeah. I might. I, I mean, might. I think I'm going to because that's just a that's a lot for an NFL team to be an underdog, and I I think they have generally covered when the spread is this big. They actually. got Fitz Magic. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> poor Josh Rosen too. Poor Josh. Rosen. He just keeps getting put on terrible teams with no chance of getting in the lineup. In Miami is insane. Maybe he's happy because off- offensive line stinks and he's not going to get pounded. Josh Rosen reminds me of the guy from Little Giants. Then he comes in and he's got the like us uh, uh, memory foam all around him. Oh yeah, 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 <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, he keeps going from offensive line, offensive line, <laughs> yeah. and it's just trash. So you know that guy's got to get protected. The best way he can be protected is playing end guard and tackle, end of the bench, guarding the water bottles, tackling anyone who goes near him. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, so the, the later games, Chiefs at Raiders. Chiefs, seven-point favorites. Here's the one that interests you. Bears at Denver. Bears are two-and-a-half-point favorites right now. Saints at Rams. That's uh, the game of uh, – that's the national game. Saints are two-and-a-half-point underdogs at the Rams. So out of these three games, I mean, these are three pretty good games, actually. I like these late games a lot. Especially the the Raiders, you know, they look like they can at least be competitive. Uh, more competitive than I think people were expecting. Yeah, they showed some fight. You know, they went out there and they punched uh, Vic Fangio's defense in the mouth. I, I thought yeah. it was... They only got one quarterback hurry the entire game. That was impressive. Unbelievable. Against Von Miller and Bradley Chubb. A really good game plan. Josh Jacobs actually looked good. They're running back. Um... 85 yards and two touchdowns for him in his rookie debut. Not too bad. And uh, over 100 all-purpose yards. I'm going to take the Chiefs, though. Uh, seven and a half points. I think that's what it's at right now. Like, yep. What is it, seven? Yeah, uh, seven, seven and a half. Depending I, on where you I, look. I, I mean, I just the that Chiefs, offense Chiefs is so good. Too Ty, good. Tyreek Hill is hurt right now. Doesn't scare me. Um, there's a guy named Hardiman. He, he ran a 4-3-3-40. And they picked him up. The Chiefs is like pure speed. And... Uh, so if you see him available in your fantasy league, pick him up because apparently he's going to be the number two guy. Yeah, and they, they, they drafted him and they picked him up uh, because of the allegations with Tyreek yep, coming exactly. into the season. So, I mean, that this is the exact void that he's supposed to fill. Yeah, he only got two looks the entire game, this last game, but obviously there's a lot more looks. And LaShawn McCoy, uh, man, this guy's killing me. I have David Williams on my fantasy team, and now LaShawn McCoy's getting more carries? I told you. I, I, I told you, man. Oh, man. I mean, no, I mean, I think the Walrus just absolutely loves his pet, you know, McCoy. I mean, Andy Reid loved him in, in Philly, and he's he's not the same running back he was, but he's going to pretend like he is because he can and because the, the Chiefs are always going to put points <laughs> up on the board. Um, So Bears and Broncos, do you like the Bears to win this game this week? Absolutely. 
Uh, I think it's going to be a good bounce back. Like I said before, we kept we kept Aaron Rodgers in a healthy offensive line, to, or I'm sorry, healthy offense to 10 points. I don't think Joe Flacco is going to going to surpass that. Over under in this game is 40 and a half. Does that go over? I like the under too. <laughs> I, I think the Broncos. I think a lot of people do. I think that the Broncos like will score 13 or less points, and I think the Bears. You know, I, I at this point, I'm not totally confident, but they'll score more. That's what I think. Yeah. And the Bears got to do, I think, what the Raiders did, which is pound the rock. And I, I'm expecting a lot more David Montgomery this week, pounding Same. the rock. That's what we're expecting, but you never know, right? We never know. You never know, man. Only down four four points, and uh, we went on a stretch of 33 straight passes. Did you know that? I did not know that. 33? 30, 33 straight passes. I mean, this, this that was what, that was what was just driving me nuts. You would have thought we were down 50 points if we were I mean the only people that throw 33 straight times are like the NF Tampa Bay Buccaneers you know last year when <laughs> when they actually were down 50 points yeah right right oh wow I did, I did not realize that and <laughs> you do not want Trubisky throwing 33 straight times of at least uh if I hear you say his name one more time <laughs> um so the last game that I mentioned and this is a really good one this is a great game uh Saints at Rams, a rematch from last year's NFC controversial championship game. Also, did you see the Saints got screwed by another uh, call that could have affected the outcome of the game? Which one was that? So at the end of the first half, Michael Thomas caught a pass, and he was going out of bounds, and he couldn't quite get there. And But they uh, they weren't sure if it was first down or not, so they reviewed it. Oh, yeah. Now, they, they ruled him inbounds, but he got the first down. And they started, the, they did a 10 second runoff, but they did a 10 second runoff uh, from the end of the play. And they were only allowed, they had 16 more seconds, I believe, in a half, but they should have had 31 because it should have been 10 seconds from the beginning of the last right. play by the rule. Yeah. So they got, and they didn't end up getting no points out of that drive because they didn't have enough time to get in field goal position. If they gave them 15 seconds, they prep the way the Texans were playing uh, that weird, you know, Prevent defense allowing them ten yards a clip uh, throwing the ball. You would think they get a field goal there at the end of the first half, right? They, it's amazing if it's amazing how they uh, kind of keep getting screwed by those type of things. And I hate. I mean, I really hate that ten second runoff when the ref makes an incorrect call. In this case, they um, made an incorrect call about the spot of the ball, and the Saints are penalized ten seconds on offense. This happened two uh, two years ago to the Lions. When they're playing the Falcons. Get over it. I'm not over it. I'm not over it. There's two calls I really can't get over by the refs uh, against the Lions since I've been around. One was a pass interference call against the Lions in the playoffs against the Dallas Cowboys where they called it four minutes left in the game. Lions get a first down. They, they'll they probably milk the clock to two minutes and punt it away, and the Cowboys have like little chance to score. Instead, they pick up the, per- they pick up the flag. Des Bryant ran on the field with his helmet off. No personal foul. Lions end up having to punt. They get the punt blocked. Dallas scores with 20 seconds left to win the game. and So that's the first one. And the second one that I'm really mad about was two years ago. The Lions are on the four-yard line. They're down six points to the Falcons. Might have been less, but it was at least a touchdown they are down by, or one score they are down by, and it was more than a field goal. Golden Tate catches the ball. With 11 seconds, his knee 
or he caught it with nine seconds. I'm sorry. His knee hits the ground. The ball is half a yard shy of the goal line. And the the rest initially ruled it a touchdown. Like, yeah, we won, baby. And then they, they re- review the play. And they overturned the call saying his knee, the ball was short of the goal line. And because of that, and the fact the Lions didn't have any timeouts remaining, there's a 10-second runoff, and the game is over. <laughs> the Lions, I've witnessed, go 35 yards in seven seconds to clock the ball. I know they could have got off one more snap. I guarantee it. I hate that 10-second runoff. It should be five seconds, something else, because that is horseshit. <laughs> yeah, and you know, just because you harped on our guys uh, uh, on the Monsters of the Midway so much this podcast, I'm just going to say um, one call I know they got right was when Megatron, in the final seconds of the game versus the Bears... No, get out. No, <laughs> no way. Dropped you the know ball that in the is ridiculous. No, you know... <laughs> Okay, I, 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 I correct. I have three. I have three now. Oh, four. I have four. I don't want to hear it. I don't. Next, next subject. No, do you remember the Monday night game where the Seahawks batted the ball out of bounds? Uh, no. Calvin Johnson fumbled in the end zone. Granted, don't fumble in the end zone, Megatron. Megatron, for all the good that he did, choked a lot late in games by not holding on the ball. Just mentioning it out there. Um, but yeah, you're absolutely right. That was that was a terrible call and set a bad. I mean, the rule has been fixed. I think uh, largely there has been less controversy in recent years. But the De- then the Des Bryant one against the Packers later that or the next season after that. But that that was. Thank you for bringing that up because that is a big one of contention. Um, and then that Seahawks one. So I had four. I had four. But enough of that, enough of that, enough of that. Uh, the last game is Browns at Jets, and the Browns are two-and-a-half-point favorites in this game. What do you think about the Browns? Uh, just a complete shit show on opening day. 0-15-1 in the last 16 seasons on opening day at the Browns. I mean, I know it's a big non-story, but kind of hilarious. Odell trots out there with that $300,000 Yeah, what is watch. that? How do you play with a watch on? And, and you know, he... I didn't even know that could be a thing. He he uh, he did play well. Uh, I think he was probably the only guy on the Browns that played well, but uh, that that was just funny. I mean, getting pumped by the Titans, that, that that's just... That's, that's hilarious to me. <laughs> um, but yeah, the Browns, probably the most hyped team of the offseason. Kings of the offseason. And they they go down by thirty points to the Titans, who a lot of people, you know, didn't really uh, have too much respect for going into the season. But the Titans are actually pretty well coached by Mike Vrabel, considering their talent on that team. And I had Derrick Henry on my fantasy team, and that was really nice that he got a screen pass or a touchdown. He doesn't get too many passes at all, for that matter. So thank you, Cleveland Browns defense. But I I, I think I like the Browns to step up and get a victory here. I think they need to be humbled a little bit because they do have a a boatload of talent. Yeah, no, I, I I would take them here too. Um, you know, I, I I do think the Jets are a pretty good team. I think Le'Veon Bell uh, definitely helps out. I think he's still one of the premier running backs in the league. Uh, but again, Browns they got good guys on defense. They got good guys on offense. I think they're the more complete team. All right, so those are that's kind of just looking forward to next week a little bit. So now we want to go at our. We're going to go to Barney and Friends, and we're going to get his three favorite lines for the week. All right. Well, How are you feeling this week? Because right now you were, you were two and two last week, but three and three. two with your bonus one, right? Yep, and three, I was 0 and four. And uh, so it's not looking good for me. I already owe you a six pack. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna give everyone five again. All uh, right, yeah, let's yeah, I like but, five. But just to just to go back, I mean, I had Baltimore over Miami. I hit Casey over Jacksonville. Uh, I hit San Fran over Tampa Bay, and then you know had Detroit not giving up 18 points in yeah, the last man. quarter. We would have on my listeners here. They yeah, ride with me. They would have had more <laughs> money in the pocket. And then honestly, Denver should have beat Oakland, especially after all of the. Uh, head scratching things with AB going on, uh, and you know Vic Fangio is supposed to be lauded for his defense. You know, again, I don't, I don't want to say it, but all my picks are wins. It just comes down to execution, mm-hmm. and sometimes you can't trust some people in Detroit. Anyway, <laughs> with my teams this week, I went all five road teams last week, and I'm running it back, and I'm doing it again. Oh boy! All right, Man. first game, uh, Philly. At Atlanta, minus two. Um, I think Philly with their That's a Sunday talent, night game. Yes, they they have a very talented offensive line and defensive line. Yeah, they started slow with with their game uh, versus Washington, but uh, Atlanta gave me nothing to really be excited about. I know their offense is is a lot more talented than they showed, but in the trenches on both sides of the ball, they got absolutely blown up. And Philly being you know, under Doug Peterson, I just think Carson and the gang are going to take that by two, more than two. Um, next, I have New Orleans at LA Rams. I do not like three time zone games. I've said it before, and I'll say it a million times. But anytime Drew Brees is getting points, I'm betting that game. Drew Brees, at at the very least, if they're down nine. He's going to have a two-minute drill that gets a touchdown and brings him into, you know, cover mode. So uh, New Orleans at L.A. Rams, I think it's going to be a great game, but give me the Saints if they're getting two and a half. Uh, next game, Chicago at Denver. This might be a, you know, a heart pick here, mm-hmm. but again, I don't think uh, Joe Flacco and the abysmal Detroit, or I'm sorry, I got Detroit on the mind when I say abysmal. Sorry about that. No, but, uh, oh. I don't. <laughs> I don't think Denver's going to be too good um, on offense, especially versus uh, you know that star caliber defense. And you know, give me the two and a half points uh, with Chicago. Yeah, I just wanted to look this up because I think a lot of people are going to be on the the Bears side, and right now. 80% of the bets in Vegas are on the Bears to cover this line. Yeah, That's the, always a red flag to me. The, well, <laughs> I, I I do agree with that, too. But, um, you know, when you get punched in the mouth and you say you've got no offense, uh, especially opening up the 100-year season, I think, yeah. you know, they're, they're going to come out with a little well, bit. Well, in that regard, it was kind of uh, poetic, right, that the the score was so low. Because a lot of – if you go look at those old scores uh, in old NFL yeah. days – there's a lot of 10 threes. You uh, know what? I think I think he just threes. created a spin zone for me. I think Maggie <laughs> wanted it to be a very, very low yeah, scoring yeah. game. So that's probably why they hate it. Conspiracy theory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but uh, Chicago surrendering, surrendering two and a half. I'm taking Chicago. Next game, uh, I'm going to run with KC until they burn me. KC at Oakland, seven points. Uh, again, without even Tyreek Hill, I'm not even concerned. That offense is just going to keep rolling. And, uh, you know, they don't have the greatest defense, but I just don't think teams can keep up with them, uh, especially ones in the Bay Area. Uh, And then last, uh, Seattle at Pitt. Mm. 
Mm. Now, I don't think Pitt is as bad as they showed. Uh, you know, I think it's obvious that they miss Le'Veon and A.B., um, but I do think that they're a lot better than, than you know, the three-point performance that they displayed with the pass. However, Seattle, they're getting four points right now. Yeah. And history shows when Russ is the dog, he's 18, 7, and 3 since being in the league. Oh, wow. And they have had, you know, much, I would say their, their teams were a lot better when they were dogs. So right now I'm taking Seattle because I got faith in Russ. Yeah, I Seattle looked okay to me though. They they continued to do this thing where they just pound the ball. Uh it's even though Russell Wilson's like an excellent quarterback, I kind of don't understand their offense. They pound the ball with a uh below average line <laughs> yeah. with below average backs and yet somehow <laughs> And Russell Wilson really doesn't like to run the ball unless it's like the fourth quarter, which I also don't understand completely. I know they're probably trying to protect him. They probably tell him don't run. But it really seems to affect that offense when he doesn't get to use his full skill set. Yeah, and I thought uh, DK Metcalf, I, I wasn't a big believer. I, I'm still Me neither. Not, still not a big believer in him, but he showed up in that game. And, uh, really you nice know, from the very first uh, play, you know, he he uh, he had a great game with, uh, with Russ, and it looks like they're establishing a little bit of a connection there. But, again, Russ, dude, he's just one of those guys. That he's like a Deshaun Watson for me. He's just a gamer. He's going to go out there. He's going to compete for all 60 minutes, uh, and he's going to keep games close. And anytime he's getting points, especially four, I think outside of three, maybe I might not have touched it because I do think Pitt is the better team. Uh, but give me four points with Seattle. So who's your uh, survivor pick for the week then? Uh, my survivor, you know, again, last week as I'm white knuckling uh, <laughs> my living room couch watching Detroit give up 18 points and then you know, just the uh, dreary uh, overtime display. I'm going to go with a little bit of a safer, safer pick here. And I'm going to go Baltimore Ravens hosting the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, I think I like that one too. I think a lot of people are going to pick uh, Houston. The three big lines that I mentioned, Houston at home against the Jaguars, New England at Miami, or... Uh, the Ravens uh, at home against the Cardinals. Another one I think I like actually is Tennessee at home against the Colts. I think they win that game and that wouldn't be a bad survivor pick because you want to get that like middle tier team out of the way. So later down the line, you got like a team like the Patriots you can uh, pick later. But you cannot wait till week 16 and 17 to pick those teams because they <laughs> will bite you in the ass and, and bench their starters. That's true. That's they, actually they did it to me last really year. Week point. 16. You got all the way to week 16? I got all the way to week 16. $10,000 on the line. I no. Picked, I picked, I think I, I think I picked Pittsburgh. I picked one of the, the premier teams and they just, they didn't, they did not care one iota about Joe Wood all the way, <laughs> all the way in Chicago. Who, um, how many people were left in the pool at that time? Zero. There was zero. There was over a thousand entries and I was sitting there with everybody texting me, uh, or, or I'm sorry, emailing me cause, uh, all our stuff was on the site and, uh, you know, it's just strangers, uh, hit me up wondering who I was going to pick and wait, so did anybody win? Nobody won. Oh, you got to make it all the way through in order to win. Got to make it money? all the way through. It's not just the last person standing. Nope. Oh, Wow. That's brutal. But it's a free, it's free to get in. Oh, and gotcha, it's $10,000 pot, so you got to make it all the way. Oh, my God, man. <clears throat> Holy cow. Wow, that's incredible. Uh, 
So my, my five picks uh, this week that I really like. Lions at home, three-point underdogs. Give me the home underdog, man. And give me my team as a home underdog. Um, I really like the Dolphins as 18-point underdogs at home as well. I think the Patriots struggle there. And 18 points is just a ton. Um, I like the Bills at New York Giants. One and a half point favorites. I like them to cover that. Um, I'm going to pick the Cardinals to cover against the Ravens. 13 and a half. Because I think that offense finally picked up. And they're going to keep it within 13 and a half. And then my last one is... I think I'm going to agree with you on the Eagles. Uh, covering against the Falcons. And then my survivor pick, like I said, the Titans. I really like the Titans this week. At, uh, what do you think about the Titans? I mean, they came out and blew the doors off of uh, off the Browns. So. Oh, yeah. I think that was an unprepared Browns team. I mean, 18 penalties, five personal fouls. Greg Robinson <laughs> kicking a guy in the face. That was – I actually I forgot to bring that up. That was my favorite play of the, of the week. <laughs> that was – I mean, you want to talk about a guy who who, who will do anything? <laughs> I might believe, unbelievable. I mean, I, I think that's an under uh, – Overlooked thing too is the Browns offensive line. If Greg Robinson's your starting tackle, I think there's issues. That guy's been around the league uh, on a bunch of teams because he was drafted so high with a lot of promise. Never I mean, has paid that was out. a nice Anderson Silva kick to the face, man. Yeah, <laughs> unbelievable. It kind of brought up memories of Dominican Sue kicking uh, the Packers guy on Thanksgiving a little bit. Miles Jack also just lost his mind against the Chiefs, getting uh, kicked out. I think in the second quarter. Uh, I mean, he he had to like be restrained by like four or five people on his team. Ridiculous. Um, but yeah, really good to have football back, Barney. Yeah, absolutely. And this and this week uh, coming up, I'm really excited for just because there are some really good games. I think uh, you know Rams Saints are going to be a, a lot of fun to watch, uh, especially just because college football there's there's no good interesting game this week. No, I think it's, the it's, best the best game this week is probably going to be. Purdue and TCU, and I mean that with how awful these matchups are. <laughs> I mean, uh, college game days at uh, Ames, right? Iowa State and Iowa. That's not a bad game. No, no. If you'd like to see, uh, you know, it's just like an offensive line be dominant and, you know, a, a classic Kirk Ferentz going to rush the ball <laughs> and, you know, it's going to be an incredibly uninteresting game. Iowa always plays down to their opponents and plays up to their opponents. That's true. They're never a fun team to watch. They were only really, 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 really fun to watch when Christian McCaffrey beat the doors off him in the Rose Bowl. Oh, that that was great. <laughs> that was that that was fun to watch. But but Kirk Ferentz knows how to develop offensive line talent. Yes, he does. And, and tight ends. Yeah, and, and yeah, two tight ends in the first round last year. But a, a little wrestling caveat. Big wrestling <laughs> guy here, not the WWE stuff. But every single offensive lineman for Iowa is a all-state wrestler from from Iowa's like high school really? wrestling. Yeah, so they're they, wrestling's huge out in Iowa. So. Yeah, wrestling's huge for uh, for offensive linemen. I mean, a lot of these guys in the NFL, you know, even not even the linemen. Roddy White was an you know uh, Ray Lewis was a, was a was a state champion. You know. So, oh really? Yeah. I mean, when when it comes to you know uh, lower center of gravity and whatnot, and, and you know being a good offensive lineman. Wrestling is a really good uh, yeah. caveat. So I think that's going to wrap it up. But me and Barney want to mention, uh, we'll dedicate this podcast, uh, well, to two people. First of all, we're recording this on September 11th. So everybody that passed away on that day and our thoughts are with them and their families. 
And the second of all, uh, someone that we both know, uh, Mr. Abbott, our grade school basketball coach. And, uh, you know, we're both friends of Dan Abbott. So this is out to him as yeah, well. Yeah, dear we're friend of ours. Him. So if you're listening, Dan, uh, we're thinking of you. But thank you, everybody, for listening. Really appreciate it. Week two of the NFL is here. We're in full swing now, baby. College, NFL. Uh, it's all happening now, man. And it's it's a lot of good stuff. It's fun. It's a good time to be a guy. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Thank you, everybody. Have a great week.